Welcome to Go Into All the World. Our host is Gary Griffinhagen, and Manny Rodriguez is co-host. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We pray this podcast would be a blessing and encouragement to you today. Hey, we welcome everyone to the program today. Manny and I are very grateful you're tuned in. Yes, thank you for tuning in. Today, uh, we're going to start with a, with a short teaching to help us share our faith. And uh, last week, we focused uh, from 2 uh, Corinthians uh, 5, verses 18 through 20. So God has given us uh, the ministry of reconciliation, so we are free to share our faith as well as, as He commands us to do so. You know, many I find it very comforting, and hopefully the listeners today, that we know that God has reconciled the world to himself. Jesus died for everybody's sins, not just, quote, Christians or people in church. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a good news, and it gives me a comfort and peace because that means that he wants me to share this news, tell other people what he's done so they too can be reconciled. It's already there. They just need to receive it. Right. Yeah. So there is a door that, that like you were saying, that, that, uh, uh, that takes its course in a conversation right. with right. unbody, saved or not saved. Right, you know, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, or unbeliever, or they could be another denomination, and something God will right. come in and do something with that. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. Like especially like Catholic, you know, or, or yeah, where were you running? Right. You know, I, I tell people, man, I've learned over the years to share my faith three different times. I want to call it, kind of synthesize that. I share my faith when I feel directly led, maybe prompted by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. or just something inside. Just you got to share right now. Next thing I share when it's on my heart, and I tell believers, I'm one of these people that very rarely just got put stuff on my heart. I know a lot of Christians he does, but for me, that's it. And the other time, just kind of like you said, I share my faith when I want to, or like say the doors open up in a conversation. Right. Because before I used to have to kind of only share my faith when I feel really directly led by the Holy Spirit. No. Okay. <laughs> I might be waiting around forever, right. you know. <laughs> And, hey, you get in a conversation, like you said, the door's open, man. Right. We want to share our faith and let people know that we are Christians or let right. them know, maybe like say if it's Catholic or somebody, hey, I'm, I I go to church and stuff, but I, I want to tell you about my relationship with God, not necessarily my religion or the background or something like that. That's so good, Gary. So what is the, the teaching focus for today, Gary? What, what are we doing? Well, today we're going to start off, and for the people just listening, we want to give a little teaching before we give into testimonies and talk a little bit about how to share your faith, when to kind of move in, when to kind of, you know, maybe back off or something about that. And if something comes up So today, we're going to look at Second Timothy 4, 2. And here's what it says. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Uh, that's good. You know, we're not one that stood out to me because it just happened to me where, you know, sometimes we have to rebuke. Right. And, and in, a, in a loving way. Right. And I went, in, I went into a situation where I had to re- rebuke a brother. And then and then the enemy was trying to get me, like, kind of like, you know, maybe he was ashamed. Maybe, maybe right, he, right. Or he offended him. And you know what? Still, even with that, I said, you know what? I, don't, I, I, I apologize if I offended you, but my intention for the rebuke right. was to exhort you. I could say, you know. Well, I think, man, I see a number of points here, and I and I agree with you that sometimes when you, if you want to say, uh, rebuke somebody or correct them, if you want to call it that, you're trying to make it so it comes out more of an exhortation to build them up and to encourage them, you know. And I think that's very important. 
Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, for here, as far as sharing our faith today, let me go over, say, four or five points. First, we are to preach or share the word, okay? So whatever word that you've learned, okay, yourself, myself, any of the listeners, you need to share that with others, okay? You may not be Billy Graham or some perfect evangelist, but share what you know, okay? Mm-hmm. Next, you got to be ready at all times. And we would say when it's convenient and when it's not, okay? Uh, for me, a lot of times I say, hey, sometimes I share when it's pre-planned, and sometimes I share with like zero expectation or understanding, <laughs> any kind of preparation. I'm talking to somebody, like say, boom, the doors open up. Somebody walks up to me and said, let's pray or let's do something like this or, you know, tell me about the scripture. So again, I have to be ready even when it's not convenient or even when it's out of season, like not planned and stuff. And by the way, as I'm saying this, I want to encourage everybody. If you do things out of season, God, God will begin to step into your life and give you time, make up for some of the time that you spent with somebody and kind of like work things out. You know, I shared for years and years and I told people I can count on one hand four or five times I was really late for dinner or late for some appointment or something because I was sharing with other people. It wasn't like, you know, I shared with thousands of people. So four or five times, you know, on thousands of people. Okay. Next thing, it says, use the word and its principles to me in various manners. And like what Manny was saying, you want to use this word to convince people. You want to use them to rebuke. Maybe get a brother or even a person that's kind of mouthy about God. Oh, God doesn't care. God, no. You want to rebuke them and say, then you want to use that word to exhort. In other words, you're not just sharing your faith in the sense that I'm just going to tell somebody about Jesus and walk away. No, that might be enough. Or there may be some, so to speak, opportunities to convince, like go a little deeper. Maybe it's uh, exhort. Hey, why don't you come to church with me or da 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 da? Look into it. And yeah, some people they like need convincing. Maybe some have intentionally strayed. You really want to, you know, kind of correct them and convict them. Um, and last thing, we kind of discern as we talk with others what word, how, what word are we going to use to share with them, or what word are we going to use to try to get the conversation to go over to where you sense the Holy Spirit wants to go. Let's say somebody want to hear about Jesus. Well, what can I say to, to hear about Jesus? Let's say somebody, a believer is depressed or doubt. How can I get them to maybe fight against that anxiety, fight against that depression and stuff like that? Exactly. You know, that, that we must discern as we talk with other people. And, you know, this word discern is, is something we, we've got to understand. Like you said, um, we have to ask the Holy Spirit Right. I remember one time I was talking with this one gentleman, and I said, I said, Lord, what do I say? I didn't, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> okay. and, and I was like, what do I say? And then the Lord said, ask him for his name. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. The guy was that. You go out. And I said, okay, Señor, ¿qué's tu nombre? It was in Spanish. Right? Uh-huh. So I said, sir, what's your name? And he said, Marcus. Mark. And I said, oh, you got one of the names of the disciples. So right there, the, the Lord opened right. the door. The Lord opened the door. He opened, he's like, amazing. Okay, I have one of the names of the disciples. So tell me about the disciples in this man, Jesus, you know? Right. So God, listeners, careful, maybe just said, God gave him a word, asked him what his name is. And as soon as he did, that opened the door. And the guy even responded, hey, I, I've got the name of his disciple, okay, or you know, why don't you tell me a little bit about it or, or tell me a little bit about who this smart guy is and stuff. Right. And so that's why we want to be dependent upon, A, the Holy Spirit, and also get discerning, you know, maybe somebody will give us a leading one way or the other. Right. Um, one of the other things that I want to say about this verse, remember the last part says, with all 
long-suffering and teaching. Mm. To me, this means you're going to have to be patient. Mm. Sometimes, you know, and I've, I've, I've been in a rush sometimes, and I realize if I sense this to the Holy Spirit, I've learned to stop. Again, I've been late four or five times, even I shared with 10, 12,000 people literally on the streets and kind of on my daily walk, okay? So I realize that God will kind of work out the time and stuff. And I think he also wants us to be very, very faithful to the word. I've dealt with some people recently, a lot about unforgiveness. And I say, look, you really have to forgive people. You know, it may be a spouse, it may be this, it may be that, you know. Um, but God wants you to forgive people. And why? Because he forgave you. Okay? So even though you may have to gently lead them, you still want to stay faithful to the word. You can't just say, well, he, he'll, he'll help you forgive that person two years from now. No. Bible says, yeah, ought in your heart against somebody or somebody that's ought against you, get rid of it. Right. So, in other words. so we want to share these things. And another point, you know, when we talk with believers, some believers may know exactly what we know. Some may know more than we know, but some may know even if you want to call it less or not be familiar or not be familiar with something. So you want to encourage them, okay, exhort them by bringing up a scripture that maybe they're not familiar with, okay, and using that to help them. And you can say it's the same thing with an unbeliever. Maybe they have an area of need or they have a, they're like anxious all the time. We'll share our scripture. Be anxious for nothing. Right. Okay. Or cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. Well, some believers don't know that, but most unbelievers would not know that scripture or not know that principle. But again, be patient and be ready to teach what you know. And if you need to know more, we'll go back and study. I had mentioned before that. First two or three years on the street, I got what I call beat up people. Yeah, scriptures to me. And I mean, I don't even know what it's, I was lucky if I could find a scripture, to be very honest. Right. A couple of years, you know, maybe five or 10 that I memorized from church. But again, I, I just emphasized, I would go home and I would study the word. And they say, what's John 14, 2 or John 14, 12? And I went home and studied it. Well, after about six months or so, I started holding my own. Within a year or two, I could take their arguments. And if you want to call it that, and not so much destroy them, but make some good inroads because I'd studied it and stuff. So if they say something to you, okay, it may be God showing you, hey, go study that word. Go get that word. Put it in your heart. Amen. You know, Gary, something that just came to mind right now as you were talking was that we don't want you to so much, you know, maybe give a teaching in the sense of three points and, and you know, but just share. Share your faith. Right. Because some people are afraid, quote unquote, to say, oh, I'm going to give you a teaching or, right, you know what I mean? Right. So, listener, as you're listening, we're not trying to tell you, hey, go, go, go take out a notebook and give them three points and, yeah. and, and, and ABC, and this is what you got to do. No, just share your faith. Share your faith because you might get a call. Somebody needs prayer or somebody needs uh, uh, some, they're going through something. And right there and then, you might have a similar situation. And, right. and go ahead and just share with them what you went through. So, here, so you said you have you have some examples, some points here, right? Well, for the people who have been listening, last two or three podcasts, we've kind of given you roughly 12 testimonies. We shared 12 testimonies, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you'd like, you can go back and listen to the last two or three programs and hear the, the testimonies entirely. Mainly, I usually give a little teaching and then go right in the testimony or sometimes we start with the testimony. Let me give you like a little part, a little snippet, a little portion of these to kind of illustrate these points from 2 Timothy 4.2. The first one, I went and talked to a Christian bank teller 
And when I said, God is good, she goes, oh, is God good? Something to that effect. Sarcastic, right? And yeah, something sarcastic. And to me, it was like, oh, yeah, this girl is hurting. Uh, something's bothering her. Maybe she's, quote, mad at God or has an issue with God and, you know, his goodness and stuff. And again, my job, like Manny said, is not to give her a three-point sermon on that. But my job is to try to gently, and that's exactly what I did, and try to lead her back. So I stopped, took five minutes and prayed up. Started thing when I say took five minutes, we just talked about small stuff. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how do I get her to go back to this point? Right. How do I begin to show her the goodness of God, which for a second she's questioning him again, whether it's just, oh, I'm really upset with God, or maybe it's just a small thing. But right. again, how do I do that? How do I gently lead her back? And you know, you said something really uh, uh, interesting is that we have to be sensitive. You know, all of us as believers, we should be sensitive to use a word and have the principles to be right. gentle. We have to be firm to lead her right. back, yes, and with the word, in, in a sense, so it's gonna require us to have patience too. You know, man, that's a good point. I'll interject here for some of you. Manny and I shared with a waitress, and you know, it took seven months, okay, to share with this waitress when she was out here from South Carolina. It took seven months till she went home, okay? Some of the other stories, it's taken months, it's taken weeks. And I'll share one today that took weeks. So again, sometimes it's just really simple, but sometimes you're gonna have to spend time with people. But again, God says to be good, do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. So if I find a believer is hurting, I wanna spend time with him or her and right. try to develop a rapport. And like you say, gently but firmly, kind of introduce this person back to the truth, okay? And if you remember the bank teller story, Remember, at the end, I was exhorting her. And again, if, if, if you haven't heard the story, you don't know. At the end of the conversation, here's a person that said, oh, God is good. 20 minutes later, this girl was crying so hard because the Holy Spirit was ministering to her that the bank teller came running out of the bathroom. What's going on here? Is this, what's, you know, she's like, what's going on? So anyways, that girl just kind of waved the bank manager off because she knew that God was touching her heart, okay? And so it was a wonderful story. Um, I think, to me, another story that illustrates this is the testimony that I went into a pizza parlor. I saw this man like like chugging beer. What was he? What's going on here? You know, and it was a Jehovah's Witness pastor. And if you remember the story, he was drinking himself to death. He didn't want to take a gun or whatever. He wanted to drink himself to death because he and his wife had gotten a divorce, and to him that meant he was going to hell, and there was no way out. Right. He was divorced. And his religion or his understanding of the word, he was going to hell and there was nothing he can do about it. Right. And that was so good because I remember you said you spoke with him to the early morning hours. You were crushing more. Oh my gosh. You know, so you convinced him in a few things. But again, we use the word and to show him that he's not going straight to hell. Jesus right. has paid the price for any sin. No matter what you're involved in, right, you, right, they're ready to forgive and to tell you, send them more, go. <laughs> yeah, and for the people that are listening, you know, I, this story, I was, I'd been saved only a year or two, so I really didn't know much word. And I knew I got so close to convincing him. Now I know enough word and I know enough understanding of doctrine. I could clearly show him that, no, you're not going to hell. Divorce is forgiven, da-da-da-da-da. And again, I'm not advocating it. Right. On the other hand, I could show him from the word. Um, when it talks about, so to speak, you know, being in season and out of season, I walked, if you remember the story about the lady at the pizza parlor, I was there with some friends. We were just 
talking and stuff. And I got tired, tired of sitting. I said, I'm going to pass out tracks, you know. Um, son, I looked at that person and said, you know what? I'm going to give you a track. No, I'm looking where you need prayer. So, yeah, when I walked into the pizza parlor, back to the story with the Jehovah's Witness part, I spent seven or eight hours talking to him. I guarantee you I did walk, walk into a pizza parlor thinking I'm going to spend seven or eight hours talking with somebody about divorce and forgiveness and stuff like that. Um, another story, the Jehovah's Witness story, with the two sisters. I had to homeschool them or teach them at home. The first two or three weeks, they finally bombarded me with J.W. questions, <laughs> And it was just boom, 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 boom. And as I told them, man, I had to kind of, well, I call it weather the storm. Right. They're going to come after you. They're going to, they want to express their faith and da-da-da-da-da. That's your business. Of course. And I have to be patient enough to, you know, and be gracious enough. Because if I would have turned them off, they might have said, well, we're not, we want a different teacher. And I would not have been able to share. And if people remember the end of that story, okay? Those two girls came up to me. We walked outside. You know, they walked me to my car. I had to park kind of far away. They, would, they walked with me and said, when we get older, we're going to become like you. You're the one that has the true Christian faith. You're the one that has love. You're the one that has knowledge and understanding. So when you weather the storm, listeners, there's a purpose behind that. People are going to watch and say, that man didn't wither in the storm. That man didn't get cave in or something like that. Uh, so that's a powerful, uh, Gary. You know, these testimonies with, with, with the captain, the tennis captain, the, the lady, uh, uh, she got healed and uh, you got the beer garden lady. The beer garden lady. Yeah, you know, these are the situations that we run into. That it, these are prime examples of of being out of season and the in season. Why? You know, I, where it's like, where am I? You know, and that that's that is so good. You know, that they were able to respond. Well, you know, the tennis captain. We just I just been on the tennis court for two and a half hours. I wasn't honestly thinking about spiritual thing. We're a little tired. Uh, the lady at the beer garden. I was just passing out tracks. I'd been at the beer at the pizza parlor where the beer garden was for three or four hours, kind of talking and fellowshipping and watching a basketball game. So again, I wasn't expecting these things to happen. But one thing I want to interject here: we we've mentioned that we encourage you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, I exhort you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, because He brings you a peace and a purpose. When that tennis girl said to me, started crying. Okay, when I you know, when I asked her how are things, you know, instantly I was I called in the spirit. And so I started praying to myself, "Hey, look, this this is serious. This girl's hurting." By the time she stopped crying, she was mega hurting. You could just see tears flowing and flowing. Okay, um, the lady at the bank when I first went in, not so. Oh, God's good. No, are you really? Are you sure or whatever? <laughs> and then I had to pray in the spirit a little bit. I had to like back off stuff like that. But again, I encourage you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God, or you know what? Find a, another believer yeah. that you get work. You know that you can trust and that's going to love you through. And ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, and and they'll guide you. They'll guide you. And if not, contact us, and we can, we can talk to you about that. You know, <laughs> later on. You know what I mean? So that's that's, that's another. Right. That's another. Yeah. So we're going to go to some other testimonies. So okay. So here. Um, the caller, okay, no, your staff at the transit company you manage uh, says that this young Christian uh, girl uh, with a disability is trying to live independently, right? And has slipped into a deep depression for many weeks. You know, this is a fabulous story, and I really encourage you to listen to this. And this, this shows the power of God and also the fact that we need to have patience and long-suffering. 
So there was a young girl with disabilities, probably 2021. 20, I thought she was a very brave young girl wanting to live independently, got her own apartment, you know, wow. didn't rely on family, got a job. She would take the bus regularly and stuff to get to work, to get to her classes and training. And after a while, the, the people, I say the people, the drivers I had just said, Gary, this girl is depressed. It's gone on and on and on. And so what I did, man, is I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go visit this girl after work, okay? Or sometime I'll, I'll spend an hour once a week and just try to talk with her and, and see if I can, you know, maybe figure out what it is. Well, this went on for about six weeks. I would go over there for an hour. And again, my wife knew it was a little weirder with one call that, but I would talk with her and nothing seemed to break her out of it. Mm. Again, my staff had talked with her, a couple of them are believers, nothing had happened. Regular, if you want to call it non-safe people, talk with her about general things, nothing happened. Well, after six weeks, my wife and, and my, even my Christian friends were going, Gary, you spent enough time there, you just need to stop. And between you, I was mega depressed because this is a young girl. Uh, to me, I call her a brave young girl. Right. All on her own with disabilities. And she kind of knew she was, you know, different and stuff, trying to make it. And I thought if this girl, we didn't have a lot of great big counseling. It was kind of a desert town. Mm -hmm. If she didn't get, you know, help from me right away, she'd probably have to move back into her house and kind of give up on being independent, maybe slip into depression or keep it the depression she was into. Well, I said, I'm going to go one last time. So that seventh time I went, and people ask me, did you know what time it was while you? I said, oh, yeah, I've I, I managed projects. I've managed companies. I know exactly what an hour is. And after 45 minutes, I'll go, there's 15 minutes left. There's 14. There's 13. There's 12. And, man, I was looking at that clock. I was desperate, okay? And, I mean, I got more and more desperate. I said, God, I need help. God, I need help. So, and talking to her, but the back of me, I'm praying, okay? Exactly. It got five minutes, four minutes. And by that time, I was crazy desperate, okay? And I just looked at her and her cat, she had a cat that had been sick for a few weeks, okay? So always she's depressed. This cat that she loves, her main companion had been sick. And with three minutes left, I looked at that cat and I said, if God can heal a human, he can kill a cat. And I'm going to lay hands on this cat. I didn't know what else to do. I got three minutes left and the world's over. I laid hands on that cat. God healed that cat. It jumped up, running around the apartment, the girls run her part, chasing the cat, and she's all excited. And you know what? All the depression broke off of her. Wow. Everything went. And I thought, here's God with three minutes to spare, and he heals a cat. Okay. <laughs> Which I, it was not, I didn't find that in the Bible. I've never heard a counselor say, Garrett, go pray for cats and dogs. Okay. And um, to let you know, listeners, what, how this happened is I actually talked with her afterwards. You know, we, we, we kind of stopped, or I was that day or, Anyway, we talked for a little bit, and I asked her, what happened? She said, you know, I don't know exactly what it was, but somehow, I guess, I didn't believe that God really loved me. Wow. I know you told me, other people told me. I, um, she went to a church, but nothing clicked. But she said, when I saw that cat heal, I knew deep down inside of me that God loved me. Right. And I was really, really excited. And that's why the depression broke off me. And she, by the way, she never went back to that, and she kept riding her buses. And I don't know exactly what happened to her. But she kept riding the buses. It was a wonderful story. But you know what? Uh, not only that God loves her, it also showed that God cared for her life. Well, there's a, there's a powerful point. I know that I tell people I love them, but I, sometimes I realize, Gary, you want to say you care for them. Right. And that's exactly what God did. And again, we talk about long-suffering and patience. Remember, 
this was six weeks, and this was probably two months into her depression or maybe somewhere in that range right. that I had known about it, what am I going to do and stuff. And, and again, I went there thinking, I got to do something. I got to do something. I'm the last chance for this girl. And with two or three minutes left, the Holy Spirit, God answered the prayer. Hey, listen, that's the only time, that's all the time we have today. We thank you for listening. Not I, to I you. believe the teaching was very good today. So listen to this teaching, take it into your heart, read that scripture, and join Manny and I next week as we go into all the world.